0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, People, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band, which means, yes, yet another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. Right here, right now, this officially go down as episode number 208. You can be a part of the Unfiltered Revolution. 24-7, 365. Number of ways, of course... Equal Opportunity we are. Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast, boom. You can jump on my YouTube channel, get the video of all of our interviews, conversations, rants, and more. That up in the bio if you're watching right here or following on uh, Twitter or X, if you will, you can get it there, at Casey Stern. And thank you, Unfiltered Band. Lots to cover Today on episode number 208, I want to get into the savage that is Bryce Harper. I want to talk about what uh, the disappointments mean for teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers who are headed home. Maybe delve in a little bit to the uh, ALCS review and a lot more as we kind of do this now on a Thursday. Episode 208 on the heels of last night. And I've got uh, my son placed for the Diamondbacks on his uh, local team. So I've, I've got to give love there. And let's start with Arizona because I, I could not feel better and be more excited for Tory Lavello. For anybody who has ever met this man and has gotten to know him at all. And I was blessed enough to say that I, I hosted a show in which he was a weekly regular on it for about six years. He is as humble and sincere and down-to-earth of a human being that you could literally ever meet in the game or outside of it. And for him to have dealt through, look, it is very, very rare to go through struggles at the lowest of lows with an organization and then find yourself still there and still with that gig, that one of 30 as a manager at the high of the highs it is very very rare we're talking about the Clint Hurdle who went through something similar in Pittsburgh now obviously Brandon Hyde and I know it didn't go well this postseason for them for Baltimore but now trying to kind of do the same things after he went through what a couple of hundred lost seasons but I remember talking to Tori Lovello and I remember him in the middle of it. I don't remember which year it was. It was the COVID shortened season or right after they had everybody injured. It was the beginning of the year. They went through a stretch where they went and remember it three and 18 in a 21 game span and had lost like 26 out of 30 games. And this guy's in every week. And I remember talking to the producers of the show saying, how are we going to do this interview and have this conversation? Because I felt bad even though it was a contracted thing, he was going to come on the show every week, actually asking him to come on the show every week. Because of just how difficult that must have been. But for him to battle through, for that organization to stick with him, and he proved he was the guy as a coach, and then getting an interim and a short-term spot when he was in there for for John Farrell, who had to, to leave his post as manager, Talk about anybody with the Red Sox and go back to the beginning of this series where Mookie Betts goes and, and gives a hug to Tory Lovello and talks about the meeting that he's had in his life and his career. I could not feel better for Tory Lovello. Wanted to start with that. Congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Predominantly what I'm going to get in today is the savage that is Bryce Harper and what all of this stuff truly is with RCN company. But let's begin paying our own bills and thanking the folks who make this all possible at bet online, bet online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs, latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more Bet line continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get all your wagers, live betting and favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone, head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code, believe it's BLEAV. You get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online, where the game starts. And I should start here by saying, because I was just thinking it, that I am well aware, and I've talked about this for those who missed the last couple of return episodes, a two parter in episode 207. But in this podcast 3.0 setup, I am still working on you know, Wi Fi and getting the capability to be at an optimum level for HD and for all that stuff for the video. So if they're hiccups or if the video, you know, doesn't look as good or looks grainy at times, kind of bear with me. I know the audio has been okay, knock on wood, thankfully, but just kind of bear with me as we go through some of the changes with that before you put all that in the comments. Let's talk about Bryce Harper before we get into the RCA part of it. Bryce Harper is a savage. Bryce Harper, I don't care if and, and look, you know, obviously in, in my you know personal life, I'm a Met fan. I don't care if you play for the Nationals or the Phillies. How do you not love Bryce Harper? If you don't love Bryce Harper, you don't love baseball. Because Bryce Harper is a, when you talk about a gamer, talk about that guy's a baseball player. That guy's a gamer. That guy's a baseball player. For a guy that we're saying years ago, well, you know what? When he's running around the outfield, he's got you not go so hard after balls all the time a guy who probably was making some mistakes in terms of getting thrown out of games and ejected when he was with those as a younger player, games he shouldn't have been because he was so hot with umpires or with with other players on the opposite side. But he always had that passion, that fire, where you'd way rather rain a star in than have to light a fire under his ass. Never the case with Bryce. And to me, Bryce Harper's got comparisons to LeBron James in this respect. I have talked about for years on the air, and I've talked about it on this podcast in many different machinations and different episodes, that there is in my lifetime no athlete. Now, look, I don't think LeBron James is the best basketball player that's ever lived. I think Michael Jordan is. I think LeBron's top five, but I don't think he's number one. But there is nobody on the chart of expectations where they are and performance of a career and where it is there is nobody who's performed better on that graph in my lifetime than lebron james nobody from his high school games to having to practice probably autographs when the kid was probably 10 to everything that was being watched and everyone trying to get on him. I mean, we're, we're talking about that we're in the in the midst of a decade straight of finals getting on him. How dare he pass the ball to Kyle Korver, who missed a three-pointer, one of the best three-point shooters of all time, mind you. When we used to say Michael Jordan passing to Steve Kerr was brilliant or John Paxson was brilliant. We're going to have LeBron James for everything. The expectations were always at such a high level and for him to perform the way he did and has in his career and off the court, even more. So to me is mind boggling. There ain't nobody in my lifetime that is on that chart, on that graph, whatever that graph you want to call of expectations being at the ultimate and performing and outperforming and out kicking that coverage. There's nobody who has done it like LeBron, but the story Bryce Harper is putting together is very damn simple. I remember being on the air when people were complaining about Bryce Harper before he was even in the big leagues about blowing a kiss after hitting a home run like 500 feet. I remember being at the All-Star game when people were complaining about Bryce Harper because of, if you don't remember this, go look it up, the way during, I think it was during the Futures game, right? The way he went into the clubhouse and was approaching other players. I want to say it was Luis Gonzalez. There were some other players I, I might might have that wrong. I'm trying to remember who the players were, but there were a bunch of veterans who were covering it, people who were in the clubhouse, but players. Ultimately, he had too much moxie, too much swag. He didn't know his role and all this other kind of stuff. He was too high and mighty. And look, when a kid's got that kind of attention, I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes with that. That's natural. That's hard to avoid at whatever age he was, 18, 19, 20 years old. But I remember that. I remember when I was at that Futures game, covering it, and Bryce Harper overthrew a cutoff man from the outfield because he was trying to show up his arm, and people were complaining about that after the game. Fact. Keeping it 100 with you, I remember an early career of Bryce Harper where everybody that I worked with in the media seemed to want to claim or to slam the fact into home that Bryce Harper was not as good as you thought he was going to be. Bryce Harper was never going to be that good. Bryce Harper wasn't as good as this guy, as that guy, as whoever it was. He was never going to be Mike Trout. Even when Bryce Harper had an MVP year, which you could make the claim was as good as any year Mike Trout had had to that point, and maybe even since. That's how good the numbers are. People could not wait to then when he did not fulfill the consistency of that to then slam Bryce Harper that he was no good. I remember covering a Turner in the playoffs when Bryce Harper didn't perform well in a series. The nationals went home. I believe it was against the Cubs and complaining that Bryce Harper couldn't do it in a big spot. Where are those people now? I remember people complaining about Bryce Harper when he sat there in a, a, I, I used to call it the hotel contract. You know, when you get a hotel bill at the end of your bill, you know, you could do it online, but they, you know, sometimes you're, you're already actually pulling your bags out the door of the hotel room, going down to check out, or you're already checked out on, you know, the, the little computer or the TV or wherever, right. Or from your phone. And they slide that bill under the door and you're like, well, geez, I spent $27 at the mini bar. You shouldn't have ordered Spectrovision. And why the hell did I get eggs that cost $18 in the morning for room service? That's the way the Nationals offered a contract to Bryce Harper that he did not want. That was with a lot of it deferred, not really a $300 million deal and certainly not worth his services. And I remember the Nationals trying to use it to make it like, well, Bryce don't want to be here so they could sell their story to the fan base that it was not their fault. Bryce Harper was not going to be there anymore. I remember a Bryce Harper who was getting slammed for why the hell would he sign this kind of contract for this kind of length? He wasn't worth it. Why would he want it? Either people were saying he didn't deserve the money or why the hell do you want to be in Philadelphia for 13 years? Where are these people now? They're silent. That's where these people are now. Their only friend right now is Tom from MySpace. That's where these damn people are now because Bryce Harper is a savage. In fact, and I, it's, this is—I'm this is, laughing at myself—but I didn't really have a title for this episode. But I, I'm going to call this "Bryce Harper is a savage" because that really—that Bryce Harper is a savage. What he has done in big spots, what he has done in that city, his press conference, that relationship—Bryce Harper is on the path of—and I'm not trying to use superlatives to go too early. And I know, look, they. They still haven't even won this series yet. And I say yet because I do think they're going to knock Atlanta off. But Bryce Harper, and by the way, I think even if, if Strider wins game four, I think the Phillies will come here to Atlanta and win game five. Now, I think they're going to the World Series. I knew Philly was dangerous. I said all year, and you can go back to early podcasts, this is a team that was the team to watch that was the dark because they have all the the pieces especially if Aaron Nola pitches like that forget it with wheeler they got all the pieces to the puzzle and they got a stud that pulling the wagon at the front so i'm not trying to jump the gun here but bryce harper got a chance to go down into Allen iverson territory in terms of how beloved this dude is going to be after he's long gone and retired In the city of Philadelphia. And that's a special city to have that kind of a relationship in. And he is on his way to having that kind of relationship with that city. You could not do any better than he's done. It's it's amazing. It is truly amazing. Now let's get to Arcia. Because I wanted to talk about this. I want to talk about clubhouse etiquette. And... If for those who don't know the reason I'm discussing it this way, because we all know, look, they're in nothing. You never, and Chris Bassett tweeted it yesterday, and I read, uh, re, what it posted it, whatever the word verbiage is. Now I'm so sick of this social media nonsense. Reposted it, I reposted it, whatever. But Chris Bassett had put out there on social media that pitchers always love when somebody on their team, you know, gives bulletin board material to the, the superstars on the other team. And obviously it was being sarcastic. Sarcasm is how I hug. I have a shirt that says that. And I love the staring and I love all that. And I actually have no problem with, look, even though it's easy and in the world that we're in now, everything is about, you know, the, um, you know, bad takes and, you know, what doesn't age well and all of that kind of thing. I got no problem with Arcea being fired up in that spot in the clubhouse either. Yeah, it looks dumb now. I get it. But these are emotional times and emotional players and they're athletes and things like that are going to happen. He didn't tell it to the media, no, but he was screaming it in a clubhouse. And his comments after that game yesterday were atrocious, they were ridiculous talking about the fact <clears throat> that he thought things that go on in the clubhouse stay inside the clubhouse. He admitted saying it, but he didn't think that anybody was going to know. He didn't think he said Bryce Harper would find out. This is not a direct quote, but a, you know, paraphrasing. He didn't think Bryce Harper would find out. I was in clubhouses, and I'm not currently, clearly, and, and I wish to be again someday. And hope to be, but I had the 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 blessing to be blessed enough to be in clubhouses all the time in this sport for well over a decade, decade and a half. And I've seen a lot of things, I've seen a lot of things that have never been reported. I've seen a lot of things I would never say, and there are lists of things you would never say. You're not taking pictures of people without their clothes on. You're not talking about conversations somebody's having on their phone with their loved ones. You're not talking about conversations that somebody says something's off the record. You're not breaking a code of etiquette as a journalist when it's not even said off the record, when you just kind of know that's not sports or that's not part of it or whatever. There are all of those things. And people at clubhouses learn And they learn from those before them. I won't give the player that did it, but I remember covering in the Mets clubhouse many years. This is, I don't know, 05, maybe? 06? 05? It had to be 05. When David Wright had first come up, I remember that there was a writer that was talking to David Wright when, you know, look, there's no, at least for me, there was no handbook that needed to be given about, you know, letting guys get dressed before you talk to them. There are writers and I, and I want to say this, most of the time they are writers. But there are guys and they're usually not on the beat because that's not how you build a relationship with somebody. But there are writers who will kind of go in and out of a clubhouse and they really don't understand that when a guy's in a towel, this is not when you go over with your pen and pad or your recorder. Guys in his underwear, this is not when you go with your pen and your pad and your recorder but there was a writer who David Wright was not dressed yet. And I don't remember details of how undressed, but he wasn't dressed. Who was going over trying to interview him. And you know, speaking of things like you see in a clubhouse that you would never like, there are things that go on all the time, but it was one of the cooler things I had seen in a clubhouse at the time. And really still ever, because it really showed you how much the ropes are shown And the standards are set by veterans, but there was a veteran on that club who pulled David Wright aside. And I had not seen this writer talking to him at the time, but I I happened to be within an earshot. And and yeah, I mean, I listened to the conversation because I, I thought it was really cool. But he was basically explaining to him that, hey, look, that's where you tell a writer Hey, please give me a couple of minutes until I get dressed. And because David, at the time, and a lot—I don't care how great you're going to be. A lot of players, they they want to do the right things with the media. They want to build the right relationships and all that kind of stuff. And this was a situation where this player was basically explaining, "Hey, look, you're you gonna, you you're it is your right. That's your time to go. Say, hey, excuse me, this is not the time right now. I'll talk to you in a few minutes." And I bring that up because there is etiquette in the clubhouse and because there are things you don't say and because there are rights for players. But here is now pulling back the, the curtain or the breaking the fourth wall of reality of telling you how things work in a clubhouse. There is clubhouse availability. These are two words that were stuck with me in postseasons I covered for years, because that is the time that it opens that you rush in and you're trying to get those interviews that you want or set up your interviews for live shows like we were at the time or pre-tape interviews or whatever you're trying to do, get information. And there's a time that clubhouse is closed when the clubhouse is open and people are inside the clubhouse. That means media can get inside the clubhouse when that clubhouse door is closed and everyone is out in a hallway. Nobody can hear things that are going on or can be there for things that are going on. But when that clubhouse is open and you're in that clubhouse availability, anything goes. And every player knows that. They know that door is open. The PR people tell them, okay, we're going to open the door. And by the way, some of them will go hide in a lunchroom. They'll go take a longer shower. And they'll feel free to do all those things to try and avoid interviews or after a loss, not go in front of a locker, whatever the case is. But there is a clubhouse availability and and what is determined in that time is that the media is there during that time. If you are screaming around the clubhouse at a boy Harper and media is within an earshot of you, it is your fault, not theirs, that it is reported. And by the way, I'm fine if you say, Well, I don't care that you told him and you know, we'll go get him tomorrow. You know, I was excited in a moment, and Bryce did what he did, and now it's our turn, and that all is fine and dandy and fine and good. I almost don't have a problem with you saying it because it's not like you said it in an interview to a media. Okay, you heard screen. You're trying to fire up your teammates. Okay, like everything can look bad if you look at it with the shades of gray that help your lens, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But what is the worst thing in the world is that this guy is literally telling you that he didn't think Bryce would find out are you serious? Like, come on, bro. You have got to be kidding. He talked about snitches. He used, I wrote look, I wrote it in quotes on this paper because I couldn't believe it was in quotes. Snitches. You've got snitches. The media aren't snitches. This is their job. Are you kidding? I mean, how dopey can you be? Snitches. You ever watch Almost famous when he says, "We're not supposed to be hanging out with the enemy? They're the enemy. We're the enemy. Now we're not really, but in terms of in that kind of a spot, that's not snitching. that's doing your job. That would be like saying when you got a ground ball shortened through to first, right that it what people say, "Why'd you do that? Well, that's your job. No. go, you know, yes, this is our job. And you know it's fodder and we're in the clickbait world. You got to be better and smarter than that. That's where you take ownership and you put it on yourself. If you're Arcea, you're standing up and you're saying, this is my fault. I probably shouldn't have said it or own it, which I probably would have owned it, and said, yeah, I said it. In a moment, I was heated and fired up. Bryce got us back today. The most important thing is Strider's on the mound tomorrow. We got the guy we want. And then deflect it and do it that way. What he did put himself in a way more snitch. What are you crazy? Cause now even the media looking at you funny, like you're like you're nuts. That is just dumb. I mean, it didn't make any sense. Smart people do stupid things. I, I'm, look, I don't know Orlando Arcea. Well, it's a great story after everybody thought at the end of the world was ending, that he was even going to be the shortstop. Cause it was supposed to be Grissom and all this other stuff before the season. He's on the all-star do all that. Right. But this, in this instance, I mean, come on, man. you got to be kidding me. That's where somebody got to You've been in the league long enough to know that. You've been in the league long enough to know that. I mean, you didn't just get here five minutes ago. This isn't your third day. And that's a third day thing. That's spring training in your first camp. Where you scream something and somebody puts it in a paper and they got to sit you down and explain the media to you. They're not snitches. That's their job. Somebody hears you screaming that. What are you, crazy? Of course they're going to report it. Don't do it when the media can be around. That—that That is absurd. But Bryce Harper, dude's a savage. He is, I mean, you want to talk about passion for the game of baseball at a professional level making a ton of money. And sometimes that's not something you could see because of the professional level, making a ton of money. That's some fun to watch. Uh, for uh, Tory and company and uh, no offense to Phillies or Braves. I'll keep rocking the uh, D backs hat. Maybe it's giving them some love. Grats to Arizona. As far as the Dodgers are concerned, just quickly on this. Look, Baltimore is a disappointment because they didn't do enough at the deadline and they won all those games, and they went home without winning a postseason game. And that is a huge disappointment. Absolutely. That is a failure in some respects. Not as a season, but it, in that context. But it's nothing close to what's happened to the Dodgers, who now again win 100 games and go home. Do I think it's Dave Roberts' fault? No. Do I think he might wear it? Good. Because of the pressure and because of all the money they spend, he certainly could. But I still think the Dodgers got as good a shot, if not better, than anybody to get Otani, and that'll certainly fix some of it. You could see us as we continue to fix up this uh, new podcast setup 3.0. Bring in your questions, your comments, anything you'd like to talk about, any topic ideas, and all that stuff. I'll keep hitting stuff in the postseason. We will get into guests. Uh, here probably towards the LCS side of things. I want to kind of warm up a little bit cause it's been so long since I got to kind of break down some baseball and some sports with you. Uh, so we'll continue to do that. And as always, as I always say this, uh, more important than anything else, uh, especially for me, because I'm about people in life, uh, as much as this has been my dream my whole life to do, um, really your continued support and the people who have kind of stuck with me. I- I'm so appreciative. I'm um, so, you know, I- I've had people kind of reach out to me on the side and they say, well, you know, what about the, like the, you know, you should be getting a lot more views on YouTube and I feel bad and all this stuff. And I'm sorry. And all the you know, look for me, whether we get, you know, a handful of views and a few hundred downloads or it becomes thousands of both. I I love the ability to do this. I have loved sports my whole life and I'm going to continue to try and share that. And no matter what is going on in you know, my life, as I continue to, you know, battle to kind of get to that spot again and to get those opportunities, and putting in a lot of hours of hard work uh, in a business completely different than this and grinding as much as I can and certainly time as a dad and all those things to be able to continue a relationship where I could share my love for sports is something I'm going to continue to do. Appreciate you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. As always, we are presented uh, by uh, our good friends at Bet online. We'll see you next time on unfiltered right here on the Pod. Don't move. Thank you for listening to believe.